Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less, realistically. It's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. Today, I'm excited to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is contentment. Today we're talking about contentment and gratitude and specifically how do we teach our kids about contentment and gratitude and help instill this value in them. Although that might feel like a hard conversation to have with our kids at this time of year, I would say that this is a great time of year to have that conversation. 
even though our kids are going to be getting more stuff, it's a great time of year to kind of just make sure that we are having the conversation that stuff is not what truly fulfills us. And we are never going to become content by just piling up more stuff. Of course, we might need to say those things in different words for our kids to understand. So that's why I'm so excited about today's conversation, because my guest today is Rachel Cruz, and she has been really diving in to this idea of teaching our kids about contentment. She even wrote a children's book as a tool to help us do this. Rachel is a two-time number one national best-selling author, a financial expert, and host of The Rachel Cruz Show, and co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour. Rachel served at Ramsey Solutions since 2010. She teaches people how to avoid debt, budget, and win with money at any stage of life. She recently wrote a book called I'm Glad for What I Have, and it's a children's book. It is such a sweet and enchanting little story. It has the cutest little illustrations, and it really is a tool that can help us spark meaningful conversations with our kids about the ideas of entitlement and contentment. So today, Rachel and I talk all about how we can teach our kids about contentment and also just some daily routines that can help our kids kind of build contentment and gratitude within their life, but also how we can be the example of that. So let's dive into my conversation with Rachel. Hey, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We were just talking before I hit record. I had you on the show a long, long time ago, but I do know a lot of my listeners already know and love you. But just in case, if, for the few who don't, can you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, I know. Well, thanks for having me back. So fun. Yes, so I, basically my job, I talk about money, personal finance. And so I have some podcasts and shows, I've written books and travel the country speaking, but really helping people get control of their money. You know, money's such a, it's such a hard topic. There's a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of regret around this. So I want to give people the hope and the freedom and to know that there is a path to take, there are steps to take where they can actually be in control of their money versus their money controlling them. I love your message around just that money. <laughs> and, yes. and I love how how realistic it is, the the message that you share and also how real you are about just who you are as a person and and your struggles and and how you kind of overcome those. I think it helps people really see that it's possible to gain control over something that that is a struggle for so many people. And, you know, we talked about that in the past, so I'll link our past episode. But today we're going to talk about, I think, a topic that it does go hand in hand, and that is contentment. I really love the concept of contentment. We talk about it on Minimalish every so often, but I want to talk about how to teach contentment to our kids because that's something that you have recently been diving into and exploring. And you wrote a children's book that is beautiful and it's called I'm Glad for What I Have. Can you talk about what made you want to write a children's book about this concept of gratitude and contentment? Yes. Well, it came out of, honestly, my own kids. I have an eight, six, and four-year-old at home. And my three-year-old at one point just said, well, mom, Amazon it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've like created these like materialistic kids. And and I just had this moment where they, they want and want and want. I mean, they always ask for new toys. They always want to go buy something. And in that same vein, as, as hard as I could be on them, 
I do the same thing. Like as an adult, I find myself wanting that as well. And so I wanted to write a story that was really simple, short. So you're welcome to all the parents out there. And just beautiful, the illustrations and everything, just to paint this picture of, hey, what does it look like that you can have stuff? Stuff is not bad, but it will not fulfill you the way you think it will. And so I wanted that message across to my kids, but then also it was a message I needed to hear for myself. And so hopefully even parents reading it, or if you have a kid in your life that you love and you're reading them the story, that it, it is a truth that is spoken over you as well, that stuff is not bad, but also it's not going to fulfill us the way we think that, that it will. Yeah, that message is pretty much like why I have this podcast and why I do what I do. So I'm I'm so grateful to get to talk to you and dig into this a little bit more of just how do we teach our kids about this? You shared kind of this this simple message, right? Stuff is not bad, but it's not going to fulfill us. And it's a simple message and I think having a book to to read this message and in a way that our kids are going to understand it, right? Putting it in terms that they're going to understand, putting it into something that for many of us, it's part of our daily routine with our kids to read them a story. So that is one amazing way that we can introduce this message. Can you talk a little bit about how other ways that maybe you teach your kids gratitude and contentment or ways that we can do that in our everyday lives with our kids? Yeah, I mean, I think it's such a matter of the heart. And so having to, you know, work towards this and shape this in our kids, I think can look so many different ways. And I think the first thing always to me is how are you living your life as the parent? Because what we do and what we say and how we act uh, is, is magnified to our kids. I mean, it's huge. So people always say, yeah, how do I teach my kids to be grateful? Usually my first question is, are you a grateful person? Like, do they do they see you say thank you? to people, you know, the waiter at the restaurant who's refilling your water. Like, do you have a spirit of gratitude? Because if you do, that's naturally going to come up in conversations and how you interact with people. Your kids are watching that, right? Like your kids are watching how you act. And if you're a grateful person, they're going to expect that that's how life works and you're supposed to be grateful. And so that is huge. So the, the example you said, I think, is the tone of the family is massive. I also think teaching, you know, a set of boundaries and limits, and we've done this with our kids. We've done some no spin. We did no spin summer this past summer where they weren't allowed to spend any of their money because they work and do chores and make money, and we have them give, save, and spend that money. And it got to the point that they just kept asking. Even if they had $2, it was like, can we go to Target? Can we, can we go buy something? And I'm like, oh, my God, y'all are driving me nuts. And I got to the point where I was like, y'all, we're done. We're not going to, we're not going to, you're not allowed to spend you're not going to spend your money this summer. And whatever you have at the end of the summer will match it. So there'll be a little reward for this delayed gratification. But you have to understand that what you have is enough. It is plenty, you little American children that like live, you know, I'm like, you have plenty. And so honestly, it was so funny. I'm like, after about five days, they stopped asking if they could go buy something. And they started to play with what they had. And even my little eight-year-old was like, mom, like, I actually learned that I, I can be just happy with what we have. So even those kind of experiments in the household, you don't have to be legalistic about it, but 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 bring that kind of stuff in and out of, of how you do life because I think for them to experience it and live it out is huge. Because I think us just preaching about what you should do and all this, that only goes so far. But when they actually have an experience where they say, oh, wow, I haven't bought something new 
and I'm fine. I really am. I'm, I'm great. You know, like that speaks loudly to them too. I love that because it's something that as adults, when I know when we are, you know, trying to get control of our money habits, a no spend challenge is a great way to start. And so why wouldn't we just bring that to our kids and, and have conversations with them about it? And also it can be kind of fun. I mean, it's, I'm sure someone's thinking like, how can that be fun? But, but it's like a challenge. And if you're doing it as a whole family, it, it becomes even more fun. I think kids love a challenge just as much, if not more. And it forces them to be creative. And for you as the parents, takes more effort on our end forces us to be creative too. Of like, hey, what else can we be doing? How can we go outside? What kind of game can we create here? You know, like what can we be doing um, that is different? Again, it takes more effort, <laughs> more energy to do that. But at the end, I'm like, they are, they are, their moods are different. I swear they're happier. Like it's, it's an amazing thing. So all the way around, I think you're right. I think it's, it actually can be a really, a fun, a fun challenge. I love it. Okay. So we are in the holiday season as we're talking, and it is a season that everyone knows it, especially here in the U.S. It is very steeped in consumerism, and it's all about the gifts. It's all about how big the pile can be under the tree. And, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure as parents, if, if it's Christmas, you know, that someone's yeah. celebrating, we need to make that Christmas morning magical with lots of stuff for our kids to open. So how do we as parents like fight that urge to measure up? And I guess this can apply well beyond the holiday season, right? Mm -hmm. Just we always feel like if we want the best for our kids, we want them to have the best stuff, whether it's like a baby and you want the right developmental toys for their age or an older kid that wants the newest technology. Like we want to give good things to our kids, but how do we fight that urge to keep up with maybe what we see others doing or what feels like the norm? Yes. Oh, you know, it is really difficult. It's funny. I was just telling a friend this morning I posted last Christmas because I saw a lot of people do it and it was Christmas Eve and uh, everything's out and, you know, and the tree and, and I posted a picture and I just said, you know, Happy, you know, Merry Christmas, you guys. Uh, and I had so many comments of people that were like, we love your minimalistic Christmas. And like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't like intend. Did we not buy a lot of stuff for our kids? I feel like we, I feel like our budget was very nice. There's an American Girl doll. Like in my head, I was like, oh, we, we, we were so great and generous this year. And it was just so funny because compared to your point of other people's stacks upon stacks upon stacks, I was like, Oh yeah, I guess it I guess it probably is a minimalistic Christmas, but it's it's the cruise Christmas. So it just made me laugh because that wasn't even my intention. And that's what ended up happening. So, you know, I've just realized that, you know, I I, I put the blinders on because I don't want to go down a road where I'm looking at another picture of someone that does have piles and piles and piles and make up a story in my head. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I try to put the blinders on and just say, okay, what's best? For our family and my age of kids, they're as they get older, I think it gets more difficult. But you know, you can buy variety packs on Amazon of like coloring books, and it comes with like 20 coloring books, and I can put a little here, a little there. You know what I mean? And you can you can make it feel magical and grand or whatever. And it doesn't have to cost a lot, right? I mean, you really can be smart about the specific gifts that you buy, but also at the same time, I'm like, I I want my kids. Yeah, to enjoy Christmas and have the magic of it. I mean, I love it as much as the next person. But I'm also not going to bank on their happiness to be 
what's under the tree. Because if that's the case, then every kid, again, in America would be happy 12 months out of the year. If it really was the cure to happiness was how much stuff you have under the tree. And it's not. We all know as parents, literally the next day, they're done with some of the toys that they've played with that next day. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we know what it is. And so I think we put pressure on ourselves to live up to some kind of expectation that somebody, you know, set out there that we feel like we have to meet. And it's just not, it's just not true. And so I think there's a level of maturity that we all have to say, hey, what is reasonable with our budget? The amount of money we're going to spend. We're not going into debt for this. We're not going to hurt ourselves financially for this holiday. We're going to be wise. We can make it magical and fun, but we're going to be wise about it. So it's just, it is, it's, it's, it can be out of control. And, and even I was talking again to another friend yesterday and she was like, I'm done buying adults Christmas gifts. Like, I'm not going to be shipping Aunt Rita. If she needs a blender, she can buy a blender. Like, like, why are we giving adults gifts? You know, all of that. I'm like, it is so true. Like, it, it's amazing. So even just breaking some of that stuff in your habits around Christmas, I think are so healthy and so good. So it can be magical and you don't have to have everything under the tree. Yeah, it's so good. And, you know, going back to the idea that teaching our kids about contentment involves letting them see that the magic doesn't come from all the piles and piles. And I'm the same as you. Like I, I love Christmas morning and I love to, to see the, you know, their, their eyes light up at opening new things. But at the same time, I have this conflicting feeling of just like, but that's not where the lasting happiness comes from. So mm-hmm. it's one day, but it's also like that one day can do so much damage to our mm-hmm. budgets as yes. as the parents. So I think I love what you said of just knowing your boundaries and sticking to them, knowing your budget, sticking to it, and just deciding like beforehand and, and going into it with intention because we obviously plan. like We make a plan of what we're going to buy, but sometimes we don't go far enough into the planning of like okay but we these are the things we want to get our kids but what's our like what's actually realistic what is not gonna harm us totally (laughs) yeah and I do think you know overall with kids I mean the way Winston my husband and I have kind of set up the way we're viewing our family right now in this season is I'm like what's our norm like what's the norm and what's the baseline because the baseline is going to be this the baseline is that they can't just ask for anything and we go on Amazon and buy it like that's just not going to be our norm so we're going to set a norm, and then there's going to be some abnormal events. Christmas could be one of those, right? Or a birthday, or maybe you do a special girls' trip with your daughter sometime. Like, like there will be abnormal things that we do throughout the year that in my head I'm like, yes, it is, it is a special time, and you can enjoy it. But our baseline is not that. Like some people, their baseline could be a Christmas morning whenever they want, right? Because they want their kids out of good intention to have what they want, if they ask and they have the ability to buy it, they're going to buy it. And there is no boundary or limit. And I think that's where you're like, oh my gosh, you have to pull back, set a baseline for the norm. And if there's these abnormal events that kind of poke out throughout the year and you choose to, you know, go big on one of them, that's great. But like our daughter needs a new bike. She has a bike that has been passed down. It is tiny. It is little. She's in kindergarten. She's bigger than the whole bike and like pedals (laughs) around. It's just pitiful. And I was like, we need to get her new bike. This was at the beginning of November. And I was like, when so we need to go get her a new bike. And I'm like, no, that's not our norm. We don't just drop a few hundred dollars for a new bike. We'll wait till Christmas. And Santa can give a new bike because it's exciting and fun. You know what I mean? So it's just that baseline, I think, is really important for parents. 
And if you have the budget and you can, you know, buy the new bike or the American Girl doll or you go big on something, then that's great. But they don't expect that 365 days a year, which I think is sets sets the tone of the family in a, in a good in a good spot. Yeah, it makes it so those outlying moments, those outlying days can, yes. you know, there's gratitude and and kind of contentment involved the there. Totally, because, totally. Because it's not the norm. It's not something that they're just like, oh, okay, it's any yeah. normal Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I want to thank TN Dickinson's for being a sponsor of today's episode. TN Dickinson's is the brand that families have trusted for gentle and effective personal care first aid, and skincare for over 150 years. Their 100% natural clinical grade witch hazel gently cleanses, soothes, and treats so many skin needs for the whole family. And if you are postpartum or you're coming up on that stage of life, witch hazel is such a great product for postpartum moms. And TN Dickinson's witch hazel specifically, it's so gentle. You can use it to help soothe the irritated areas and heal during postpartum but it goes way beyond that it can be incorporated into daily skin cleansing or first aid in a new mom's busy day tn dickinson's is the only all-natural clinical grade witch hazel that cleanses soothes and treats just about anything and it's gentle enough to use daily they also have witch hazel soothing cleansing cloths which i absolutely love their cleansing cloths are made with 100% natural clinical grade witch hazel to gently remove dirt, oil, and impurities while soothing redness and irritation from blemished or sensitive skin. And I have super sensitive skin, so I just love having something that I know is natural and that's not going to irritate my skin. You can find TN Dickinson's products on Amazon and at major retailers including Walgreens, Walmart, Target, CVS, and Rite Aid. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Some dreary November days recently have gotten the best of me. I can easily experience seasonal blues at this time of year. This time of year can just be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on better help helped me through the pandemic years ago i've benefited from therapy through my postpartum seasons it's just been a really helpful part of my life and it's empowered me to be the best version of myself therapy is not just for those who have experienced major trauma if you're thinking of starting therapy should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com minimalish today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com minimalish. I'd love to hear your advice, you know, kind of shifting gears, but along the same lines, our kids see what other people have too, right? And so while we might compare, like we talked about it with the holidays, while we might compare what's under our tree versus what is under other people's trees um, and what we can give our kids versus what other people choose to give their kids, our kids, they eventually see that too. They pick up on things too. And, 
you know, whether it's about Christmas or not, whether it's maybe it's a family that your kids are friends with that go on a lot of vacations or it's a family that has a bigger house. I don't know. Like our kids, I don't think nearly as much as us, they do not pick up on it nearly as much as us, but eventually they do. So how do you talk to your kids? Um, Have you had that conversation with your kids? Give us advice on what we can do when those conversations come up. Yeah. I mean, my kids are little. And so I think the attitude that I've usually taken, and it's funny because my oldest it's she's in third grade and it's just like this like she's never (laughs) once made a comment and then my middle in kindergarten is like well so-and-so has sparkly shoes mom and then like she's made more comments than my older I'm like wow she's she's me she's the spender she's aware of what everyone has and all of it uh and so what I what I try to do for myself so I'm like I want to I do want to instill this in them is I just celebrate the other person and it's like she does how fun is that Caroline that is so cool. Did, were they so beautiful? You know what I mean? And and it is a, we because someone else is winning doesn't mean that we're losing. And mm-hmm. and it's good. Like, that's exciting. She moved into a new house. Oh, my gosh. You know, how many bedrooms? That is so cool. Maybe you'll get to spend the night there one night. How fun for them. Like, trying to celebrate other people regardless of how they got there. But I will say my parents, they did start talking to us, which I kind of appreciate. And it's not to bash other people. But as we became teenagers... You know, I mean, we did have the conversation about debt. And it's like, listen, our family does not go into debt. And statistically speaking, most people do. And so their lifestyle is going to look a certain way on the outside. But that does not mean their bank accounts reflect that. Now, we're not going to pinpoint one family and it's like, oh, I bet I bet they have a huge mortgage. Like, it's not like we're going to just like sit there and pit, poke. But the philosophy that you have to understand how the world works. And this is what you're going to see and run up against. And here's the truth. 78% of people live paycheck to paycheck which means they have debt. And that means that what they're living is exceeding what they're making. And that causes a lot of stress. It could cause fights within a marriage and a family. Like we're not gonna put that stress on our family. So we're choosing to live below our means. And that may look different, but we'd rather have peace than have a closet full of clothes, right? Like, I mean, we're like, you know, extra clothes and all this stuff. So, So again, that conversation I think can happen age appropriately. But for my littles right now, I just, we just celebrate. And I'm like, good for them. That's so great. And if she asks, can I have those? I'll say, okay, well, maybe we can save up some of your money and do some chores and we can look to see yeah, if we can buy it. Or, you know, your birthday's coming up. So maybe you put that on the list for your birthday or, you know, you can kind of direct if or when that purchase can happen for them. Yeah. I love those two different approaches for the different ages. My kids are yeah. young too. So I... I just love the mindset of being positive about it instead yes. of just kind of brushing it off and be like, well, we can't have everything, you know? I know, <laughs> totally, yes, but, yes. Yeah, it just, and and I just love instilling, celebrating others at a young age, but that doesn't mean that, like, we have to have the same things as them just because right. they have a good thing. Are there any last tips that you have on just some ways that we can focus on contentment as a whole family? Any certain, like, rituals or routines you do as a family? Yeah, you know, one thing we do around the dinner table a lot is we'll talk about the highs and lows of the day. And I think, number one, you're just getting your kids talking. And I think I love just hearing, you know, what's going on in a different way versus just how was your day at school, which they're always like, it was good. And you're like, <laughs> yep. give me more, give me more. Uh, but I love the high points. And we just came out of Thanksgiving even. And I think gratitude sometimes can come off cheesy to some people. Or it's like, write down five things you're grateful for. So people are like, oh, my God, gratitude lists. 
but there's science. Like truly, there it has been proven. People with an amount of joy who are grateful, it is higher. Grateful people, I enjoy life. They have more joy. There's, I think, levels of probably contentment. I haven't seen like a specific thing about contentment, but that's it, all in there to me. I'm like, it's all in the same bucket. And so, if it's been that proven, let's practice that. And so. Yeah, talking about like, hey, what's the best? What was the best part of your day? Even simple things like that, and they get to go back and recap. Like, oh, I got to play with this friend on the playground; it was so fun. Or what? You know, they start naming off some stuff, and you're just sitting in that part. I think is so helpful, and to say it out loud, and to have other people around the family like ask questions or be excited for them that that happened. But it's amazing, just even yeah, those simple questions of just gratitude. But I think that that is a huge, a huge piece. And I'm saying this to myself too, because I'm like, I can go throughout a day and get to be in, when when I look at what is going on in my life, it's it's mind blowing. And we just live such a fast paced life. I feel like we even as adults don't stop uh, and think about it. So as cheesy as the like, write down the five things you're grateful for every day. It it works like it is scientifically proven that you become a more joyful person when you do that. So the gratitude piece uh, is big. And then even, you know, with little ones, I'm like manners of saying thank you and please and even using our words um, to express that. And it may kind of sound legalistic at first, but I want them to get in the habit of of understanding. Gosh, I'm thankful for that. Thank you for that. And even saying that, which is just. I guess, basic manners, but I think that that's, that's important for me. Yeah. And it, I think it becomes something that they repeat it. They're just repeating it just because it's a learned thing. Right. But it becomes something that you, you realize at some age, they realize what it means. And, Mm -hmm. and if it's already a habit, then it's easier to be thankful for things. And, you know, I'm huge on gratitude lists. I do a short gratitude list every day and I just realized like, a couple of weeks ago how helpful it would be to just have my kindergartner do it with me. And we obviously she it would take her a really long time and me a lot of like spelling out words for her for her to write it all down. But we just talk about it. And it's yes. funny sometimes the things that she comes up with. And then she comes she talks for my one and a half year old. She talks for her and, and yeah, gives yeah. her gratitude. So oh, my God. It's so fun. And um, it's just a, a fun way that we bond too Mm -hmm. and I think it's teaching her something so I just love that idea of starting it young for sure for sure well I have two questions that I love to ask every guest and it's kind of just for fun the first one is what's something that you're simplifying right now Ooh, that I'm simplifying I like makeup drawer area in my bathroom (laughs) I got these containers when we moved in and actually it's helped me keep everything just organized. But when stuff starts piling up in corners and everything and I open it, I used to not be this person because I'm not naturally a very organized person, but it starts to like, I can like feel it in me and I don't feel control. And so keeping like those kind of places in my life simplified and organized and that it's all that truly whatever I need is, is there and that's it feels so good. So right now it's like, it sounds so silly, but it's like my bathroom drawers. I'm like my makeup drawer, hairbrush stuff, clips, like all of it. I'm like, I don't need 80,000 hair ties. I just need a couple right there that I can grab if I need them. So those places give me peace when they're simplified and organized. I'm just like you. I 
typically not organized at all. But as I've become more organized in some areas of my home and other areas are not organized at all still, I feel that. It's like, you, oh, yes, that actually is really great. And then you, you want more and more of it. Okay, second question is what's something that you're loving right now? Something that I'm loving right now. Hmm. You know, I bought, I'm going to use it tonight. That's what made me think about it. I just bought a, I'm guessing it's a food processor is what I'm going to say. It's a Cuisinart, you know, and it was a little bit more of an expensive buy. And I bought it a few years ago and I'm like, am I really going to use this? It's almost like a blender thing. And I use it all the time, all the time. And it helps with kitchen stuff, all of it. And so I have found it within my kitchen. I'm like a few of those pieces that are worth the buy are worth it. So I'm making a butternut squash pasta dish tonight and I'm going to use it to blend up all my butternut squash that I'll roast. And yeah, I love it. I love, I love kitchen gadgets. That sounds delicious. Well, thank you so much for just all your insight today. It's really the perfect encouragement that I think so many of us need for this time of year. And your book is beautiful. I will link it in the show notes, but where can people find your book and find you? Yes, you can go to uh, rachelcruz.com. It's all on there. And also podcast, The Rachel Cruz Show and Smart Money Happy Hour uh, are two of my podcasts. And yeah, all over the socials. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show, Rachel. Yes, thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I really loved talking to Rachel again. Like I said, I have had her on the show one other time. I'll link that episode in the show notes. But I loved this conversation today because it's a topic that's just so important to me. And I've seen such a difference in my oldest daughter as we've incorporated a gratitude practice into our mornings. But I also just want to give a quick plug for this book because it is such a sweet book. Again, it's a quick read, which is always nice for children's books. But also, after we read it together, my daughter kind of like thought twice and was like, yeah, but I like toys and I, I want to get toys because we're, you know, we're close to Christmas here. And I was like, yeah, it's okay to like toys, but what are some things that help make us happy that aren't toys? And so it helped me have that conversation with her of just kind of thinking about the idea that it's okay to like toys and like stuff, but it doesn't fulfill us like we've said in this conversation. And to be able to have that conversation with her and have her think through like, what are the things that make me happy that aren't physical things that aren't toys. And, and of course she came up with a lot of things like being with friends and being with family and other things that she does in her day. And the book has an emphasis on faith. So that's just kind of a FYI for anyone who is looking into the book. It does have an emphasis of God's love and that being more fulfilling than stuff. So just keep that in mind as you look into the book. But we talked about that and we were also able to kind of draw on other things that are more fulfilling than stuff in our lives. And I just love that. I love being able to have that conversation with my kid. And I love that this book facilitated that. I hope this conversation has given you some takeaways that you can take and use in your everyday life to help either have these conversations with your kids or build contentment and gratitude in your kids. Maybe it's even giving you just takeaways for yourself as well. In this season that is so full of stuff and gifts and maybe even measuring up in some ways, 
I just hope this conversation was a little bit of balm to your soul that might be feeling overrun with that consumerism-filled narrative that goes along with the holidays. Thank you so much for listening in. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend. You could text it to a friend. You could share it on social media, share it on Instagram, wherever you like to share things. I'm just really grateful you're here and listening in. And happy December, because I didn't even say that. We are here in December. It feels like we're already too far into December too quickly. This month is already flying by, but I, for one, feel a lot more relaxed and like I am enjoying this holiday season with a lot less stress because of going through your minimalish holidays. So if you did grab a copy of your minimalish holidays this year, I really hope you're feeling the same. All right, that's all I have for today. So I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.